Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Farmington Hills. My name is Sharon Lewis and I am the platform assistant today. I'd like to give a special welcome to our visitors who are here in person and those who are here online. We're so glad you're here today. We hope you enjoy our service. If this is the first time that you've been to the church, we invite you to get a welcome packet just as you leave the sanctuary. Please join us after service 
for the social hall for fellowship. We have baked goods and we have home homemade goodies and treats for you today. Ah, today is a special day downstairs. You're going to pick up your church directories. Yes. We're excited about that. And you'll see Lois downstairs to pick up the directory. Oh, do you have a passion to work with children? Anyone here? A passion to work with children? If so, we have the answer for you. Children's Church. <laughs> Children's Church is in the need of Sunday school teachers and nursery aides. If you're interested, please see Sharon Clay later on today. The yard cleanup and beautification scheduled for yesterday was canceled due to weather, but keep those tools handy. We'll schedule it again at a later date. Today is the last day for the $1,000 April's Not Fooling Challenge. Remember every $1,000 or more that you give above, above, above your monthly donation will be matched by anonymous donor. Get your donations matched today. Today is the last day for that April challenge. Please. We have over $10,000 that will be matched at this point. But remember, the key word was at this point, <laughs> meaning that at the end of the day, we will have more. Reverend Kelly will facilitate a seven-week class from Emily Cady's book, How I Use Truth. If you've read any of any Emily Cady's book, you will be in for a treat. She is indeed one of our finest authors. I see the ministers are shaking their heads. That class will be on Tuesday, starts Tuesday, June, uh, May 2nd from, to June 13th. So it starts this Tuesday, May 2nd to June 13th. Discover how your life can be transformed through your thoughts and belief and find the truth of who you are. If you want to register for that class, go to seniorministerufh.com. Okay, so that's what I thought. SeniorMinisterUnityFH.com. SeniorMinisterUnityFH.com. And a love offering is uh, suggested. Our game night and dinner scheduled for May 5th has been canceled due to a small number of registrations. Please plan to attend the town hall meeting next Sunday at 11.30 in the social hall. It's a great time for you to get to know board members and to hear what's happening in our church. May 21st is Unity of Farmington Hills Giving Sunday. Giving Sunday is the opportunity to further express your commitment and appreciation to Unity of Farmington Hills. This is the opportunity to catch up on your ties or to give additionally to our capital campaign. Your prayer requests are welcome. There is a strong prayer team here at Unity of Farmington Hills, and you can pray with us in three different ways. One, you can submit your prayer request. Outside, there is a box. Two, you can send an email to prayerchaplains at unityfh.com, or you can call our new uh, prayer request line at 
702-0010. And how could I forget one of the most important ways is to pray here at the sanctuary. After the service, our prayer chaplain today will be Reverend Victoria Hart. She will be in the back corner. So we ask that you please leave as quickly as possible so that she can have uh, the silence of prayer. And we thank you. And now we're going to hear from our choir. And they're going to say one of my favorite songs, Surely the Presence. This is our prayer time, and we open prayer with the daily word for today. And so I invite you just to, to relax and to hear the words of the daily word, and then we'll go right into a quiet and short prayer. The daily word for today is simplicity. I pause to appreciate life's simplest blessings. Today I give thanks for the simplest blessings, the small things that bring a smile to my lips and a warm feeling to my heart, a hug from a friend, a cuddle from a grandchild, or stroking the fur of a beloved pet fills my awareness with love. The sudden lift I get from seeing a favorite person's handwriting in the mail or the thrill of spotting a rainbow after a cleansing rain, shower sparks happiness in my heart. In these things and more, remind me that my true commitment is found in life's smallest moments. The everyday treasures that compromise life and draws me closer to God. I focus on these simple blessings and grow in gratitude for my many gifts. Happy are the people to whom such blessings fall. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Psalms 144, verse 15. And so as I internalize these words, I just take a breath and I relax. And knowing that there is but one presence and one power in the universe, and that is God. And I am so grateful for this loving spirit that is the creator of all there is, the father of the universe, and the mother of all that will be. And recognizing that this is my source. This is my source. 
and this source is so awesome that I am grateful for this and so much more. I am grateful for those things big and small. I am grateful for getting out of the bed in the morning. I am grateful for finding my glasses. I am grateful for the cup of coffee that I may drink. I am grateful for the opportunity to drive to this wonderful church. I am grateful for all that I hear when I hear this music team perform. I am grateful for each and every person that is here, each and every smile that I see. I am grateful for such a diverse community, diversity not only in skin color, but also in thoughts and in feelings. I am grateful for all those things and so much more. Spirit is always with me when I am grateful because I know that the laws of the universe say that what I focus on and I focus on my gratitude means that I just have so much more to be grateful for. I give thanks now and forever. I am so grateful. I am grateful for all things big and small. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Um, man, I'm going to try not to cry. Uh, I just wanted to introduce our guest speaker, Reverend Eileen. Um, she has touched my heart in big ways, even though she's little in stature. She has touched my heart in big ways. Um, she was my mentor over at Unity of Livonia when I um, was becoming ordained. When I met her was when I was doing an assignment in a seminary at a Unity Urban Ministerial School, and I needed to do an internship before I completed my assignments, and she let me come and do it there. And watching her energy, watching her run the church, watching her graceful blessing uh, towards me and everyone else just touched me deeply. And she has some beautiful, soft eyes that just look at you and just feed you with love and power. And Re uh, Reverend Eileen is not just a minister. She's a powerful author. She wrote the book, The Mystical Ark, A, Bless a Vessel of Blessings, and it was um, released in 2019. And then she wrote another book. Now, I was there when she was writing the first book, and she was sharing some stuff with me, and I was like, that's some juicy business, y'all. <laughs> I'm serious. It was some juicy business. I got the insight. The, 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 I got to hear before it even became print. And then the next book, A Mystical Arc a Approach to Spiritual Living, was published in 2022, last year. Now, that's pretty good to have an author who just kicks out those books that quickly. Amen? In 2014, she, was, she received the Ruth M. Mosley Award for Outstanding Achievement in, min, in Ministry, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> and she was serving as the Senior Minister of Unity of Livonia at that time. And prior to her call to ministry, Reverend Eileen earned a Bachelor of Arts in uh, degree in, uh, from the College of Creative Studies in Detroit. She's very creative. She has published dozens of spiritually-themed articles in local per uh, periodicals, online journals, and through her blog. So she's also very technical, too. She served as the, found, as the founding minister of Unity of the Lakes uh, and was senior minister, as I said, at Unity of Livonia and co-minister at Spiritual Life Center, um, all located in Michigan. 
Although she's retired, she ain't retired, y'all. <laughs> she's the busiest retired minister I've seen, I think. Although she's retired, she continues to write, blog, and speak at various Unity Churches and New Thought Ministries. So the next voice that you'll hear after our music team is the minister who was graceful enough to marry me to the love of my life, my husband, two on four years to this day. So we'll have the music team. Happy anniversary, sweetie pie. We'll have the music team, and then we'll have the wonderful, amazing Reverend Eileen. Dave Cowie, who is sitting in for Nicholas today. We really appreciate him. He is always an outstanding, outstanding uh, piano player, and uh, we are blessed to have him here. So thank you so much.
to be here and the energy in this room is just fabulous and of course you know I think that may have something to do with Reverend Kelly <laughs> and I was also truly honored four years ago to probably about the minute uh, to be with you and Howard as you proclaimed your love for each other and wow and you have a good sense of humor too <laughs> And really, humor, that's one of the things I tell couples when I'm counseling before marriage. you got to have a good sense of humor if you're going to have a good marriage, right? So that's important. And, you know, I, I try to have a good sense of humor about the weather, you know, right? <laughs> really? You know? I mean, April showers bring May flowers, I get it, but, you know, how many flowers are we going to have, right? <laughs> But, but true, it's true, it, it does bring Mayflowers, and it does bring a lot of greenery. I love to see the trees as they're starting to bloom, and the grass, and I look at the yards when I go for my walk, and you know, there's mine with the dandelions and the violets and all of that, right? And then, <laughs> and then there's the guy down on the corner who has the most meticulously kept lawn I have ever seen in my life. And so it brings to mind this idea of the grass is greener where? <laughs> on the other side? On the other side? Yeah, so, um, you know, that, that, that's an interesting thought. It was something my mother brought up a lot. I'm, I'm going to go completely off of this. So <laughs> my mother brought that up a lot when I was young. She said, you know, every time I wanted something that I didn't have, she'd be like, you know, Eileen, remember, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> I <Eye> roll? <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? I really want this. I want the Barbie dream house, you know? I want the go-go boots. I want, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it was a long time before I really got the deeper meaning of what that, that metaphor really was all about. And that is, of course, to not be jealous, to not covet. Something we hear hmm, in a very familiar scripture, I think, right? Thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's goods, or anything that we believe is better than what we have or what we are. And of course, we know that's not true, right? It's easy, of course, to live from that point of view, is it not? That there's nothing out there that's better than what I have right here. 
I don't know, this morning I was thinking, boy, these people keep time better than I do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then I thought, what am I talking about today? Who cares, you know? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, people might dance better than I can dance. How about you? Anything? Can you think of things that you find yourself thinking, gee, I wish I could do that. I wish Sing I could better. do that. Sing better. Oh, well, yeah, you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> it's enough to watch me dance, right? Yeah, you don't want to hear me sing. But, you know, we hear those words, thou shall not covet, and it sounds like a command, a, and it's taught to us as a command, is it not? Mm -hmm. uh, most of us were probably taught that it's a sin to covet. It's a sin to be jealous. Well, is it? Is it a sin? I guess that depends on how you see what a sin is. Yes. So a sin is what? It's an error. It's a mistake. So why is it a mistake? Why is it a mistake to covet? Well, when I'm thinking about someone else or something else being better, or I'm thinking, gee, a sunny day would be a lot better than this rain, where am I? I'm not here. I'm not right now. I'm not in this place. I'm not centered in the truth of who I am. And where do I want to be if I truly want to experience a life where the grass is greenest right where I am? I need to be right there in that center. And that's easy, right? <laughs> that's always easy. You know, it's funny. I, I knew quite a while ago that uh, when I came to visit you that I would be speaking on this subject. Um, but, you know, I, I tend to go back and forth. What, you know, what is it you really want me to say, Spirit? You know, and I kind of go, should I talk about this? Should I talk about that? But this was on my heart. And last Sunday, I got together on Zoom with a couple of other Unity writers. We get together once a month to um, share feedback on each other's writings. And we always start with a five-minute free write to a prompt. And it was my turn to bring the prompt. So I have this book that has 300 writing prompts in it. I open it, put my finger down, and it says, have you ever thought the grass was greener on the other side? Oh, wow. And explain. <laughs> so interestingly enough, you know, that was powerful enough. I'm like, okay, there's my answer right there. God speaks to me in the most amazing ways. But um, the three of us wrote to that, and we all wrote from a different perspective. Marge, my friend Marge, wrote from the very literal uh, understanding. She said, yes, indeed, her neighbors on both sides had way greener grass than hers. <laughs> and she said, it's understandable, though, because they both have been farmers, and they know how to cultivate the grass, and it's really important to them. She said, but, you know, it doesn't bother me a bit, because I really love the wildflowers and the wild strawberries that grow in my lawn that, that draw the deer into my yard. So she got it. She got it out of that very literal sense. And then my friend Audrey, she wrote from the allegorical point of view. She wrote about the greener representing something in her life. She said her husband and most of her friends are retired. So at times, it seemed like retirement might be just a tad bit greener than working, wondering, when am I going to get to do that? 
So she experimented a little bit, and she went golfing with her husband, and she went bowling with her girlfriends, and she said, you know, not for me. <laughs> I can relate to that. I can't do either one. Well, it's even worse than dancing. So <laughs> but uh, anyway, she, she realized that she is happiest. Life is greenest for her when she's working at something creative and making a difference and probably will never retire, kind of like she's a licensed teacher. Same thing, you know, right? <laughs> so, so she got it from that standpoint. So where did I go with that? I went to the mystical. I went to the mystical. Because I believe that there is not a jealous God in the sky doling out rules and punishments and rewards. I believe that God is the very essence of life, the omniscience, the omnipotence that permeates all that is that permeates you, that permeates me. And why would this allness need to have rules? Why would the allness be jealous? Of what? It's the allness, right? right? So I went to the mystical. And in the mystical, I had to look at more than just what does green represent. I had to go to what is the other side? Is there another side? If we are all part of this oneness and this allness, is there another side? And if there's another side, if there is another side, what is that? Where is that? And could I be in that place and this place somehow simultaneously because there's only one space, one moment, one center in all the universe? That was a thought to think about. <laughs> that was, those were questions I asked myself as we, um, as we shared our work with each other that night. So the mystical, the mystical assumes that God is the allness. And this is the premise from which I wrote the mystical arc. So you'll, you'll find in there, if you haven't, I know a lot of you have already read it, but you'll find in there that that mystical idea is that God is the allness. And in that higher realm of being, there are not so much rules as there are blessings and affirmations. So when I look at something like thou shalt not covet, I see thou shalt have no need to covet. Thou shalt have no need to be jealous for thou shalt not experience lack in any way. And when does that happen? It happens when we bring ourselves into our center. I'll have to find my place because I have really gone way off. I've told you all the things I intended to tell you, but not necessarily in the perfect order. Oh, perfect. Ah, is that it? Do we ever look at something else, somebody else, and think, oh, wow, they're perfect. They're more spiritual than I am, or they're more enlightened than I am, or they can do this better than I can. I know that it's true that some people can sing way better than I can, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we don't need to be perfect. We don't need to be perfect. In fact, I've been reading a book called The Five Invitations. Anybody read that book? Yeah. It's an awesome, awesome book by Frank Ostasensky. I have a hard time with that one, but Ostasensky. 
and he, he is the, uh, I don't know, the founder, I believe, or he works at a Zen hospice center in New York. Can you imagine a Zen hospice center? I want to, you know, if I ever need that, that sounds like the place I want to go, a Zen hospice center. And he says that wholeness is not about perfection. Wholeness is about nothing left out, nothing missing. Nothing missing. Sometimes we tend to put something that's about ourselves outside of ourselves, right? And we build a virtual metaphysical fence. But in this idea that wholeness represents nothing left out, we need to bring that in. We need to bring that in. And we, so this is how we get this other point of view, is by welcoming everything and pushing away nothing. <laughs> I, I, how many of you are on social media ever? Okay. Well, not all of you, but most of you. <laughs> okay. So I've noticed this thing on social media, that people post equations, you know, algebraic kind of equations, and people answer. And the answers are often quite varied, you know, and I, I, I'm not a mathematician. I'm a very creative person. Math, not my thing. Never was. <laughs> but I, I get it. I mean, I can certainly take care of my business, and I, I can certainly add, subtract, multiply, divide, and all of that. But you give me that long equation, and I go, i got to think about it for a minute. And if you put an N and an X in there, no, you've totally lost me now, <laughs> because I don't really care what N and X are. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway, I was looking at one of these equations, and I thought, sure, I knew the answer. I did the little thing in the, the parentheses, and then I went from left to right, and I came up with an answer. I posted it, and a couple of my friends real quickly said, no, that's not correct. <laughs> like, why? Why is it not correct? And they said, because you have to follow a specific order. You see, the parentheses represent you know, the first thing, but then multiplication comes first, and then division, and then I, I can't remember the exact order. See, math just comes in one and goes out the other. But I was like, oh, okay, so there's arbitrary rules like there is in grammar. Hmm, okay. So the following week, another equation comes up. I got the arbitrary rules now, right? I've memorized them. So I go through and I figure it all out, and I post the answer is 16. And then somebody else posts one. And then several people post 16, and several post one. Like what? So I Google it. And sure enough, that equation comes up and about how it's on, posted on social media. And guess what? Both answers are correct. Wow. It's, they're both correct depending on whether you use the U.S. order or the European order. Wow. <laughs> it's a matter of perspective. Who thought that math had perspective? I thought it was all, you know, this really got me going how important perspective is, how important it is about how we look at things. The other thing that Frank brings up in his book is this Zen idea of welcome everything and push away nothing. Really? <laughs> Do I have to welcome everything? I don't know about you, but I have some things going on in my life that are 
difficult to welcome. I have a daughter who is um, estranged from our family, and that's difficult, very difficult to welcome. And yet when I do, when I welcome it for the gifts that are embedded in it, when I welcome it for the growth, for the healing that I know is happening for her, for the, the growth that it's inspiring in me, I can relax with it. I can relax into it. I can let it be. And I can learn something from that. We know that, right? Those difficult things in our lives. It's difficult to welcome things like mass shootings. How do we welcome that? How do we welcome something that horrendous in our lives? I think the key really is to not push it away. To not push it away. Because when we push away, we resist. And what happens when we resist? <laughs> Everything we resist persists. So not only do we look at the metaphysical of what is the other side, what is the fence? What fences are we creating when we resist? When I resist my daughter uh, being estranged from the family, I create a lot of fences. I create a lot of really difficult energy. And if she were to walk in the room right now, we'd have to like clear that energy in order for us to embrace again. You know, so, so it's not helpful to create those fences. When I go to think about mass shootings, I think the fences are obvious, right? We've got some fences going on in the United States. We've got some fences going on, but if we could let go of those fences and welcome this as an opportunity to grow as a people, to see one another, to understand one another, and to get at the root of the problem, because the root of the problem is what's going on with our kids. The root of our problem is about being, feeling isolation, feeling different feeling uncared for, feeling unloved, feeling hopeless. And they look out at a, the young people look out at a world and they go, oh, wow, what have I got to look forward to? It's up to us. It's up to, uh, to us to welcome everything, push away nothing, and find, find the gift, find the communication, find the way to... For some reason, I'm thinking of the things I tell married couples, right? You have to be able to communicate. You have to have compassion. That means you've got to feel for one another. You've got to care. And sometimes you have to have a sense of humor. Maybe you just laugh at yourself. You know, I've gone through some feelings of shame and blame and all of that. I just got to laugh at it, you know? Because all the time that I'm doing that, guess where I am? My other side is suddenly the past. My other side is suddenly everything that's happened up until this point. Now, what if we looked at that in trying to make a change in our world, not only in ourselves? If we go, I'm not in the past. I'm right here right now. Let's forget that. That fence is gone. I'm right here right now. When we welcome everything and push away nothing, we dissolve some of those fences we've created for ourselves and in our world. If you are focusing on the other side, I invite you to take a different look. Take a different look 
have a different point of view. Frank Ostasensky, the, the Zen master in the hospice center, tells a story about a man who was there in hospice and who was, had pancreatic cancer. Now you can imagine that might be a place you might build some fences, <laughs> right? Because nobody wants to experience that. Pancreatic cancer is extremely painful. And the man had, you know, the morphine button and everything, but it wasn't doing any good at all. It was really, really hurting him badly, no matter what. And so Frank went and sat with him, and he said, would it be okay if I just put my hand on your abdomen where it hurts? And he did, and he said, now, I want you to just focus your attention on my hand. Not on your pain, but on my hand. And the, so the man said, well, I guess it's a little better, but it still really hurts. And so Frank moved his hand. He pulled it away a little bit. He said, can you focus on it now? Can you feel that hand? Focus your attention there. He goes, oh, it's a little better. And then he got to about two feet away, and the man said, that's it. That's it. That feels wonderful. He'd moved his attention. He changed his point of view, his perspective. And what he had done was he had let down the fence. Do you know what A Course in Miracles, everybody know what Course in Miracles yeah. says about the fence, right? So uh, in Course of Miracles, the fence is a tiny fence around a little part of a glorious and complete idea, wholeness. It draws a circle infinitely small around a very little segment of heaven, splintered from the whole, proclaiming that within it is your, or the ego's, kingdom where God can enter not. Now, I know we all talk about God within us, the power of God within us, but you know that God is not just within us. It's not in this little spot right down here. It's not here. It's here. It's here everywhere. So when Frank did that, he encouraged that man to let go of the fence of separation that his body created and to acknowledge and become one with the greater experience of him, the greater energy. This is the place where the divine interacts with the divine. Imagine if we could meet the problems in our lives and in the world from here, you know, fueled by the heart, but from here, recognizing that our energy is one. Wouldn't that make a huge difference in our lives? In truth, the grass is always greener right where you are. All power, all presence, all creativity is within you and all around you. Let's take a moment to experience exactly what that man experienced. I'm going to invite you, if you're willing, to put your hand on your abdomen. And just feel that space. Feel that space. Feel the hand. Allow your attention to be completely focused on your hand. And then move that just a few inches away. Continue to focus on the hand. And continue to move. Maybe even kind of push against it and feel that energy. There's an energy there outside of you. And move it until you're a foot or so away. Focusing on that. 
Can you feel the energy? Is there warmth? Is there coolness? Is there strength? This is who you are. This is who you are, one with that energy of the divine intermingling with the divine, an integral part of an incredible whole, no part left out. When we can do that, when we can do that, we can bring ourselves into that sacred point of view, that sacred point of view where there is wholeness and nothing is left out centered in the one power, one presence, one activity that we call God or Buddha or Allah. There is only one beingness. There is only abundance. There is only love. There is only sweet, incredible light, divine interacting with the divine. And the grass, it's greener right here, right now. God bless. Can we give Reverend Eileen another clap? I wonder where you were, David. <laughs> Thank you.
Time I turn on the TV There's hope Somebody's acting crazy There's hope If you let it, it'll drive you crazy There's hope But I'm taking back my power today There's hope Gas prices, they just keep on rising There's hope The government, they keep on lying We gotta keep on surviving Keep living our truth and do the best we can do Cause there's, there's hope It doesn't cost a thing to smile you don't have to pay to laugh You better thank God for that There's hope It doesn't cost a thing to smile You don't have to pay to laugh You better thank God for that There's hope Stand up for your rights Keep shining your light And show the world As I always say, I think we have the baddest music team in unity. <laughs> and one of the things I made a connection, I am so glad you don't have to pay to laugh because <laughs> I'm always laughing and I don't want to have to, oh. And then the other thing is what makes you smile, as Reverend Eileen was saying, is knowing that where you are, the grass is greener right there. Amen? Amen. So can we give our music team, Reverend Eileen, my sweetie pie? Aha. Uh -huh. And I just want everybody to stand right now. I want you all to stand up for me. Because I want to give you all a hand. It is a good feeling. Um, I decided not to go on vacation. But I tell you what, celebrating our anniversary here with you all means a lot to me. And having you here, who married us, Reverend Eileen. Can you come up here too, please? Can we give her a hand also? This was... She was amazing. She was amazing. And there, her books will be downstairs, so please, we're going to do the rest of it, but please, even if you cannot make it downstairs, please come at least say hi to me and Reverend Eileen before you leave. I keep hitting myself in the face. That's why I like wearing the thing like that, so I don't hit my... <laughs> Howard's like, who punched you? I did. Um, so say hi to us before you go downstairs. And also, um, what, I'm going to do this a little bit different. 
Let's do the happy birthdays right now. Then we'll do the love offering, the prayer for protection, and the uh, peace song. So whose birthday was in April? The rest of you can have a seat. Those of you whose birthdays were in April, you can stay up here with me, Reverend Eileen, because I, I want us to bless them. Only one birthday in April. Let's give her a hand. And we're, and we're going to sing happy birthday to Victoria. Together. You ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Just kidding. Happy All right, we're going to stand and do our prayer for protection, and then we'll do our peace song, and then we'll be piecing it on today. You all ready? Just put your hands over your heart. Let's remember what Reverend Eileen was teaching today in her. It was a beautiful message that right in our hearts, we open ourselves up to embrace everything and fence out nothing. And so as we say our prayer for protection, let's just hold this light, not just for ourselves, but for the world. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Now we'll have our peace song. you for listening to this unity of farmington hills podcast we hope this has encouraged you inspired you and uplifted you if you are unable to attend our sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community visit our giving page unityfh.com donate